Good morning, Jim. How are you today? I'm good. And how are you today? I'm wonderful. I'm looking at the CU meter, and it looks like we're blasting people right out of their earphones. Well, so, we uh, maybe oh, should turn it down a little. We'll turn it down a little. Hey, we're, we've got the music in the background, so folks know that we're at the university. This is one of the last, what, calm weeks at the university, right, Ralph? It is, because this is one of the last one or two weeks before classes start, and uh, the U is inundated with that ugly life form known as students. I remember <laughs> being one of those. As an ugly life, yes, I can, I can understand. Um, yeah, well, we, we love our students, and uh, but we also like to find parking spaces, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good thing. <laughs> yeah. So as summer sort of winds down and we get you know, into the academic year, um, we're looking ahead at uh, the things that we'll be doing with Psychology Takeaway in the future. And we mentioned oh, a while ago that we we're going to start doing additional um, courses uh, and uh, offering them to our listeners. And actually, we've started to do, to do that, right, Ralph? Yes, we have our first course that we're happy to say is now available. And uh, it's, uh, you would have to go to Ronin Psychological and look uh, for the course on CEs offered by Jim and Ralph, and uh, you'd find it there. And uh, so... What is it, Ralph? Uh, something like the psychology of beer drinking? Uh, no, it's actually a fairly serious <laughs> oh, topic, okay. Jim. So I should it, get serious. Right. Yeah, it's on uh, a topic called implicit bias. Implicit bias. Yeah. Well, implicit means something that's kind of inside you. Something, yeah. Something um, as opposed to explicit. As opposed to explicit. And perhaps in the... Uh, turn of the century, uh, I'm talking 1900 now, uh, Freud, uh, the, the father of many aspects of modern society, uh, modern psychology, would, would have said unconscious. Right, right. And fast forward through the behavioral eras, and we took unconscious out of the lexicon, right? Right. And so now, instead of using unconscious bias, the term is implicit bias. Okay. Well, so a bias that we don't know we have. Okay. Unconscious bias. Now, that's different than, say, prejudice, right? It is. If I'm prejudiced, uh, generally speaking, I know it. Mm-hmm. So I don't like those bright green people, or I don't like the blue Smurfs, or whatever. <laughs> okay. You know, yeah. so I know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's something that you picked up at your father or mother's knee, right? We can't trust those Smurfs. Right. Okay, or whatever that group is. Whatever that group yeah, is. You, you can substitute your own if you're not into Smurfdom. And uh, think about, I, you know, I can't trust, I can't stand, uh, I hate the blank. Yeah, and... Now, most of us would say, well, this is the, you know, 2023... It's not politically correct to, quotes, hate anybody. I don't hate anybody. Right, and I'm not uh, prejudiced, and I don't have any bias. Mm -hmm. And that is the reaction you get f 
from almost everybody. Right. Now, there might be a few uh, unregenerate uh, KKK members uh, down south who say, uh, I, I hate them Smurfs. <laughs> but, uh, you know, most of the time, most people are going to say, no, I don't have any biases. Okay. And why, Ralph, do you think that implicit bias has now kind of made the, made the headlines? I mean, when I... Uh, got my doctorate we I can't remember any coursework or any any even comments on implicit bias well I think there are uh, several things Jim if we go back to the 60s <laughs> do you remember the 60s uh, <laughs> well I, I had a good life in the 60s so uh, my memories are not always coherent but um, what uh, basically we we had in the 60s is the uh, the people who were in uh, positions to hire for various organizations uh, had uh -huh. resumes crossing their desks. I remember there was a study done by some I.O. psychologists that came, sort of came out of the social psychology uh, camp where they sent resumes to various um, CEOs and, and you know, HR people, right? Right, and what happened was as they got sorted, ha, ha. Uh, the Jims yeah. Jim. and the Ralphs got put in one pile. The pile that says, oh, maybe we'll hire the, these Maybe two. we'll hire or okay. we'll take a second look at least. Okay. And the Sallys and Rosie the Riveter and uh, the... Um, uh, George Washington Carver, uh, they uh, they kind of got into another pile. Got into another pile. The, uh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to look at these people. Yeah, pile. not uh, worth a second look. Okay. Oops, Ralph. I'm I'm not liking the way this is going. Well, what happened is that you ended up with uh, fewer than you should have been employing uh, women. Uh, fewer persons of color, uh -huh. and if you hired uh, either a woman or a person of color, they tended to end up uh, doing menial or at least low-paid jobs. Okay, and that still is the case with women. Last time I looked, they were making about 75 cents for every dollar that uh, males were, ma were making. Yeah, you know, and... Still from still, the 70s onward, yeah. Yeah, still the same thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, this should have been a big wake-up call for the people in, you know, hiring, you know, hiring. You know, because you probably missed some really good people in this reject pile, right? You probably did. And, mm -hmm. you know, you get uh, somebody who comes in and uh, says, uh, hi, I'm... Uh, I'm Rosie the Riveter, but I have now gone to MIT, and uh, I'm a structural engineer. And you say, "Well, you're uh, you're a girl. You're a girl, and so we have a good job for you in the secretarial pool." Right. Um, you miss the fact that uh, this is a well-educated, well-trained, uh, very talented. Yeah, okay. Conceivably, mm -hmm. engineer. Yeah. 
And so these, uh, this, these studies that were done back in the 60s were kind of interesting because the resumes were just sent out and all of the resumes were the same. Yeah. The only thing that was changed was the name. So that uh, the name Jim or Ralph was a name that was probably recognizable as maybe a white male. Yeah. George Washington Carver or you know, versions of that were uh, names that would not be recognized as a white male. Um, and you know, Rosie or, or Sheila or Karen, you know, definitely a female name. So when you put the name in there, people made uh, judgments based upon what they thought uh, a woman or a person of color would do in that position. So if I'm looking for a, let's say I'm looking for a talented uh, engineer, I'm going to go with the Jim pile or the Ralph pile. Yeah. E even though the, the pile over here, let's say we've got Marie over here. Okay, Marie? Mm -hmm. Remember her? Okay. Yeah, she's she's in the reject pile. So we just missed Marie Curie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that happened, and starting in uh, oh the the mid seventies, I would say, when we saw the rise of feminism and the hippy dippy movement um you know and i resemble that remark well and one of the things that uh the hippies did is they said um we do not believe in discrimination and uh, some of our good friends are people of color okay okay so we started to see women much more openly than through the 50s and early part of the 60s, struggling to be equal. Right. Equal pay, equal opportunity to be hired, um, and similarly with people of color who ended up saying, this is not fair. Mm. You're rejecting me on the basis of my skin, not yeah. on my talents. Right. And to go back to the... Um, the, the research, we found out that when the uh, resumes were um, uh, vetted and the names were taken off, then the person with the resume that would have gone into the Jim and Ralph pile may have ended up in the not-so-good pile, and the Marie Carey um, would have made it into the uh, Jim and Ralph pile, right? Right. So, uh, when you go uh, name blind, mm -hmm. um, you end up with different results. Okay. So, we fixed it, right? Uh, no. Oh. Well, we maybe fixed it partially, but what was still happening is that, you know, after uh, people look at the resumes, they have an interview. Uh-oh. And in the interview, uh, anybody in skirts uh, had a harder row to hoe, particularly if he was a guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you, you said, okay, well, now we fix the resume program by doing blind resumes with no names. 
but the interview process still becomes much more adversarial for people of color or women. People who are different from the stereotype that I have, the implicit stereotype that I'm holding as to what an engineer should look like versus, okay, suppose I'm going to hire a social worker. No, I'm going to hire a nurse. Okay. Okay. Um, which pile am I going to give the nod to? The Jim and Ralph pile or the Karen, Sheila, and Marie pile? You're going to pick probably a, a pile that has women's names because nurses obviously are women. Right. And if you're going to pick uh, somebody to be an elementary school teacher... That same pile. That same pile. But if you're going to pick somebody to be a university professor... The Jim and Ralph pile. The Jim and Ralph I'm pile. I'm starting to get this now. Okay. So, you know, and the people... Here's the, here's the critical issue. The people who are doing this really had no conscious idea that they were working on a bias. Right. I get, I'm sort of getting that now. Okay. Well, we handled some of it by, you know, the blind resume, but how else are we handling it? Well, uh, you can argue even now that we're handling it fairly badly uh, in the sense that, uh, you know, when you, you look back to uh, the uh, Black Lives Matter movement, uh, you know, people were out in the streets protesting on equal treatment for people, people of color. Of yeah. color. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, women are still saying we are not at a position of equality in either hiring or pay. Okay, yeah. So, you know, we've, we've got now kind of a social movement that is saying, well, you better think about this more. Okay. Now, we should probably tell our listeners how you and I got really interested in this and quite involved in this to the point that we've actually put a course together on implicit bias. Well, you know, we looked at... Uh, what happened in Michigan, and uh, a couple of years ago, the Michigan governor said, uh, "You, uh, anybody who's in the healthcare professions, very broad brush, uh, about six hundred thousand people, you need to have a course on implicit bias." Okay, that's a mandate. You've mm -hmm. got to have that to renew your license. So we said, "Oh well, there there's a market. So maybe <laughs> our first course should be on implicit bias." So we started to do a little investigating. Yeah, and we found that this thing called implicit bias is a lot more insidious and a lot more pervasive than we actually had realized, right? We did, and two of the things that uh, happened are, are very interesting. One of the things was, for me, uh, when I went into a restaurant at one point, and there was a group of people sitting in the restaurant, and all of them, and there were, you know, it was a mixed group, there were men and women, but they all had neck tattoos that ran into their face. Uh-huh. And I realized that although they were happy and chatty and having fun and, you know, enjoying their meal together. You didn't like them. I didn't like them. Hmm. Okay. Because they were 
because I had a implicit bias against facial tattoos. Now, I have a tattoo myself. Uh, It's a Chinese dragon that I got in China. Uh, But, you know... uh, You keep it under wraps. I keep it under wraps, yeah. Yeah, It's on my upper arm, and virtually nobody sees it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I say, okay, well, I understand if you've got it flaunted, but... (laughs) Putting, uh, putting tattoos on your face does not strike me as a good way of being outstanding. Unless you're a Maori native from New Zealand, right? Right, where that is customary and approved. is something yeah. uh, approved, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was one. Now, Jim, you had another example, I think. Well, yeah. Um... Maybe you can re- refresh my memory. Uh, the uh, the stout people. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, the image that somehow I have of people who are overweight is that in some way they're lazy or you know not, not up to standard. And we'll talk about something in, probably next week called the implicit bias test. Uh, um, no, Implicit Association Test, IAT. And uh, uh, they've looked at a lot of different uh, groups, and almost every group has some sort of um, stigma attached to it. Um, Elderly, uh, uh, sexual orientation, race, tattoo wearing, and uh, uh, body shape. Yeah, and uh, you and know, I wasn't I, very proud of the fact that I was sort of biased against people who were overweight. I should be more empathetic. Well, here's an interesting thing, Jim. Uh, 1999, the average woman in North America was five foot six and weighed 136 pounds. That's you know, a statistic that can be looked up. Today, 2023, the average woman in North America is five foot five and weighs 170 and a half pounds. Wow, that's a big change. That's a big change. Hmm. And it's a change that happened in basically 24 years. Huh. So I had my value programming back in the 70s or 80s when I thought that the correct quotation marks weight was in the 130 uh, pound range and the reality of 2023 is that we've put on about another 50 pounds or 45 pounds 45 pounds yeah and the same goes for men I mean we I didn't have the statistic right in front of me but uh, men are obviously heavier than they were Mm-hmm. And certainly heavier than than they were, say, in 1920, uh, or let's go back to World War One. Uh, the average U.S. soldier in World War One uh, was 130 pounds and five foot five. Okay. Well, so we I, I mentioned value programming. We learn at an early age what's right and what's wrong and what we like and what we don't like. Now, one of the things that you and I talk about when we t- do our implicit bias training 
is where did that come from? And I think we'll look at that next week, right, Ralph? Yeah. Okay. So, until then. This is Ralph and, and Jim. And where's the music? Saying, keep your stick on the ice. Because we're all in this together. together.